What's up, everybody? This is Eric Williard. I'm at the Sylvester Broom Empowerment Village, SBEV. And we, it's not every day that you're able to be in a room like this with just so many powerful individuals. I think it's amazing. They always talk about Flynn and what we don't have, but things like these need to be more publicized. I think uh, we got the, the legendary Scott Gus McNeil in town, you know, just bringing back Gus Macker. And I want to give an opportunity for everybody to kind of introduce themselves and tell who's all in the room. I'm Eric Williard, uh, sports reporter for ESPN, born and raised in Flint, Flintstone to the core. <laughs> and uh, I'm, just, I'm just happy I'm just happy to be here with all these powerful people. And I want everybody to kind of introduce themselves before we get started. Uh, Kevin Mays, Director of Marketing here at the Sylvester Broom Apartment Village and owner of the professional basketball team, Flint United. Yeah. Antonio Smith, right, Flintstone. Original yeah. Flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> MSU, go green. <laughs> um, and the youth mentoring director here at Sylvester Broom. Uh, Scott McNeil, Gus Macker, uh, owner, founder of it. Great. Uh, Linnell Jones-McKinney, uh, first female to come out of Flint to play professional basketball. Uh, program director here at Sylvester Broom Empowerment Village. Um, Dion Smith, uh, sheriff, I mean, deputy Dion Smith, the Genesee <laughs> County Sheriff's Office, um, youth mentor, life coach, uh, motivational speaker, uh, and a police officer. As dub alum, too. <laughs> SW Love. Let's put that out there. Southwestern. <laughs> Got a lot going for yourself. I'm Mark Hayden. I am a sports program director here at SBEV, director of football, and uh, played in a number of Mackers myself through the course of the years with my friends. So it's great to be here, uh, part of this special day, this special announcement. First of all, I just want to, we, 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 we're dubbing this the return of the Mac. Like the song, it's return of the Mac. First of all, I just want to talk to Linnell and Gus. You know, why Why now? You know, coming off a pandemic, obviously everything that Flint has been through, like why now? Why are, why are we bringing this back now? Why is the time right for this right now? Well, like I said before, Flint has gone through so much. And for me, you know, what got me, gave me an opportunity to travel all around the world was my dream. And part of my dream was to play professional basketball as a child. So... You know, and playing in the Gus Macker, you know, it left an impression on me of just fun, family engagement, community engagement, and and then the opportunity to bring Gus Macker here, you know, at the very beginning, um, it just, you know, it was a no-brainer. We need to bring that atmosphere back to Flint. Flint is the mecca of sports, the mecca of basketball. So the best... The, the greatest three-on-three -three basketball tournament in the history of America is right here down the road. So it was like, it was a no-brainer. We need a community event that can bring the people back to give them hope, to give the young people an opportunity. And so we reached out to Gus, you know, and it was like, yeah, let's go. You know, let's let's make it happen. Of course, it was two years ago, I think, when I first contacted yes. you, or, yeah. you know, and then the pandemic happened. But then, you know, it was like, now is the time. So, yeah. And he's well, and Linnell calls, and of course I get a little emotional. <laughs> she, it goes back to my driveway in Lowell where this started. Wow. It started in 74 and basically started because I didn't have the game that you guys had. And I was a legend in my driveway, but nowhere else. <laughs> so, and that's the nickname was because my last name being McNeil. People call me Mac and somebody threw Gus on the front of it. But Linnell was definitely the 
best athlete to ever play in my driveway initially, and so uh, especially in the female ranks. Uh, so when she called and told me what the Sylvester Broom was about, I just thought it was perfect to come back yeah. to Flint. Um, yeah. For us, we do about 15 in the state of Michigan, and not to have Flint in that group was kind of uh, weird for us. So uh, we're excited, and especially with the uh, pandemic shutting us down for a year, all of 2020. It was awesome to come back and to actually include this one. By the way, you guys do a press conference like nobody else. It's <laughs> 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 a press conference. But that was pretty sweet. It yeah. was pretty emotional. And I told Patty coming in, this is going to be a good one. So. <laughs> well, a lot of people want to ask the age range. You know, what's kind of the age range of the, of the kids that can't get involved in? You know, kind of tell me the age range, age range of the kids. Eric, a great question, because most people remember our event from 3 and 3 boomed in the 90s. And it was mainly in a, adult males playing, 19, 25, 30 years old. Um, but through the 2000s, we went away from the call-your-own-foul half-court 3-on-3 three 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 game to officiated by high school and college officials with their black and white stripes on. And the game cleaned up dramatically. And a lot of the guys that now are dads that played way back bring their kids. So now it's really become a kid event mm. and a very youth-oriented event, That's cool. which fits this empowerment village. Um, so I'd say the average age is probably 13 years old right now. And that, mm. that makes it very cool for us. So when we get to our event, and everything's decorated and all the people out there, moms and dads and grandpa, grandma, it kind of looks like the Disney World of three on three. Wow. And we're proud of that because yeah. um, I, I just think it's the time for this kind of thing to happen. And we, if we can help Flint and help the downtown organization mm -hmm. and the, the village, that would be really big to us. So we're really excited to be on, we're actually honored that you guys would ask us to come and do this. Now, Tone, I got to I gotta ask you this. Oh, everywhere I go, everybody, when they say Flint, I, I say the reason I got into what I'm doing it's because we were able to be around guys like Antonio and Sam Mateen and Mo Pete and the Flintstones at their peak. And being kids in Flint and being able to touch them and feel them, like, that was unique in our city. You know, a lot of people, when they were, guys made it big, it was so so difficult to be around. So this is just a, a personal story. I want to know, like, what was your best Gus Macker team? Did you ever pull any of the Flintstones in? Or, like, how was that growing up in the, in the 90s and, and playing in the Gus Macker? Yeah, we had our, our bumps and bruises. You know, we started off at a young age. You know, we... Um, of course, up our size, they wanted to throw us in the men division, and we learned our lesson. <laughs> we learned our lesson really quick. So, who's on the squad? Who's on the squad? Um, I believe my team. My team was running. Of course, my younger brother Robert, and then we had probably you know, third, fourth person on our team. But again, just going up in each level because I think it was like a, a high school division, a yep, college yep. division, then it was like the professional as well. And like I say, we, we stepped in that, that high water, we weren't ready. We just found out we weren't ready. So we're back to the drawing board. But it was a learning lesson, you know, and it was just fun. They like said going through the process of everything. And like you said, coming up touching the Jeff Greers and you said Linnell Jones, it was great. Just again, had the opportunity to have access to him and just, you know, not just playing basketball, just communicating with him as well. And, getting a professional side, you know what I'm saying, what really goes on behind the curtains, not just on the court, but the professionalism and everything. I know, you know, Deputy Dion is, is a hooper. People might see the, you know, they might see the badge, they might see all that, but he's a hooper. I can tell you all that. For you as well, you know, to be in law enforcement, especially in a community like where, where people, we look at law enforcement and might not think that they really care and give back. You know, I think for you, how big is that too, for you to change that narrative and to be involved in basketball and show that even though I'm in law enforcement, I can still hoop. I'm still a human being. I'm still a person. Like, how big is that for you to, to get back in your community in that way? Oh, Eric, great question. I mean, that's 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 huge. Um, 
I'll sit up here and lie to you if I say um, that I knew that this was going to happen for me. But what I will tell you is that I've always been a kid that cared. Um, that was instilled in me at such a young age. And going back, you know, being 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 playing cops and robbers with your brothers and your sisters and your and your and your cousins, I was always picked to be the cop. <laughs> so it's just kind of like stuck with me, kind of thing. And, grow, and then growing up in a, in the south side of St. Louis, Missouri, um, and then coming here to Flint, Michigan, back in early two thousand. Um, that was still something that I cared about so much, you know, going from that community to this community, which is not a big difference. I knew it was something, but you don't know what it is because you're young. You don't know. And uh, as I grew older, man, and 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 took up the field of law enforcement, um, I understood that now this is a, the biggest time to serve and to and to unify. I know we protect a lot. But we need to understand that we need to give more service and we need to start unifying people and being a police officer and being a public servant. Um, that's your job, you know, um, to go and serve these serve the communities and, and, and be out there and be of presence. And uh, more importantly, working in this, you know, and it's like the, in the city of Flint for young men and women of color to see you, you know, to because to, because when you see something, you feel like you can obtain it, you know, and, and being in our schools, me and you been going to Southwest, we had police officers in our school and come visit us. And those guys gave us great feedback. And I used to look at them and be like, man, that's why I wanted to be a police officer. Like little things like that continued to manifest itself in my life, man. And it was like, God was like, yeah, this Dion, this is your goal. This is your, this is what I planned for you. This is what I want you to do. And I just need you to understand that and you kind of struggle with it you know coming up being young and you know having different influences in your life but it always came back to being being a, a community helper came back to being somebody that cared and being somebody that you know you want young men and women to kind of mirror and say you know what you know I saw Deputy Smith now I can do it man I know I can yeah. do it so um uh, that would that that's that's like the biggest part for me um being giving back to the community being community relations here in uh in the city of Flint and being a police officer I think I see a direct correlation as well. I see that correlation with kids having something to do. You know, I'm from the hood. I, I grew up in, in the Fifth Ward of Flint Avenue B. I wasn't raised by doctors and lawyers, none of that. You know, my mom never went to college, none of that. I think, and having something to do. I know a lot of friends who are talented, cold, you know, man, in basketball, but they didn't have rides to go, you know, places, or they didn't have opportunities. So when you bring in things like that and just having the people that we're in, I, I can't tell you how big that is because... I've, I've been a victim of seeing people not having nothing to do. And for you as well, Kevin, I, want, I ain't gonna hold it against you, a CMU grad, I'm Western Michigan. <laughs> you and Gus, they, they, I'm in my little corner here right now, you know, but. <laughs> for, for, <laughs> and we see the work that you're doing here at the, you know, at the Broom Center and, you know, with the Flint United basketball team and, you know, will, will Flint United be involved in this in some type of way? I want you to kind of plug Flint United a little bit if possible. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I made the announcement to bring Flint United to our city, to our community, it made sense. But Coach Linnell and Miriam were at our first press conference. And I don't see Flint United happening without the Sylvester Broom Empowerment Village. Mm. Um, you know, the work that we're doing, the impact that we can have on the community, it does bring it full circle because, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, helping grow professional athletes. Right, right. But if that goes away, they still want to play three-on-three -three basketball. Right. They still want to be a part of this. We had a couple athletes that walked in to the press conference today late, and they said, when is it? Can we play? I'm like, of course you can play. Um, <laughs> right, right. So, you know, when you, you look at, you know, anything, I think we always have to pay attention to, 
the core of that thing yeah. in Gus Smacker and basketball is the youthfulness of the game of basketball. So to be a part of this, to be a part of the Broom Center, the I'm sorry, the Broom Apartment Village, yeah. um, and to, to have something that I've built to be a part of it is a true blessing. Um, I didn't play high school basketball, <laughs> probably played basketball uh, organized in sixth grade. And but, you know, just like all of us, I think growing up in this city, no matter what, you always feel like you can make it to the NBA. You know, man, woman, boy, girl, you know, we, we all want to make it to the league. We all want to be a Flintstone. We all wish we went to Michigan State. You know, I think we all have that that makeup within us. Um, so that's what it's about for me. You know, I played football and track and field in college at a, a pretty high level. But, you know, when this opportunity came to, to bring Flint United here and to add to the fabric of basketball, it was it was a no brainer. Yeah. I got I got to go to Coach Mark. No, you know, he's done a great job with the kids. I've seen the work you've done. I bring my son up here and, you know, just all the great, you know, the time you guys spend with the kids, giving to the inner city, how important is this as well from your perspective of being a coach and working directly with the kids, being, you know, having your boots strapped on the ground or working with them from your perspective, a coach perspective, how much, how, how beneficial is this? It, it's beneficial and has everything to do with why we coach youth sports. And this is my 26th year. Mm. And um, it, it's truly a passion. I started coaching with my sons in Davison. And, uh, I, you know, there's a lot of parents that sit on the sideline and think they're a better coach, and they vocalize that quite. I've always, I've always said the best coaches are sitting on a sideline, you know? How's that work out? Right. But uh, I wanted to make sure that I got out there and, and I was that coach on the field. And as my boys aged out of programs, I had parents that say, hey, will you pick up our younger child and just continue on? And now my boys are, are young adults raising their own children. Mm -hmm. Hopefully I get to coach them one day. But it's all about truly a passion for making a difference in the lives of our youth. And for some of those youth, it's creating opportunity. And that's what we're doing here at SBEB, where opportunity for so long has been non-existent. And, uh, right. you know, Kevin, you, you mentioned, you know, the the kids um, with your basketball program and, and the kids wanting to make it to the league, but they can think about making it to the, the Flint United League and then make it to the NBA, you know? And what's neat about that is, uh, Last week, we have, uh, you know, part of what we do, it's not just the X's and O's of the game. We actually are offering educational, uh, right now they're Zooms because of COVID, but we'll have a, uh, 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 that was a leadership Zoom, and we're going to have an educational Zoom on, on June 3rd. So we're teaching life skills, not only while we're on the field, but also while we're away from the field, mm -hmm. and we capture their attention. Let's talk about leadership. What does leadership mean? How do you become a leader, a good leader? And it's not enough to just say you need to be a leader. Mm -hmm but now we're gonna show you the characteristics of a leader and what you can do to become a leader and a great leader. And one of the assignments I gave my football team, I sent out an email afterwards and I said, all right guys, this is it. I need nine goals. I need personal, I need athletic, I need academic. And what's really interesting about this is one of the young men, uh, Kadan, on his athletics uh, goal, it was to be the best SBEV athlete and to help build their sports programs. Oh, wow. mm. And I thought that was really special. Wow. I shared that with Justin in our Zoom meeting this morning. Wow. He thought it was great yeah, too. Wow. So that's How why we do what we do. That's Kadan's in our 14 and under uh, mm. seven wow. on seven that's team. Awesome. Great awesome. kid. Yeah. But those goal sheets, I mean, it's amazing. Mm. The goals and, you, and, I, and I look at those and I say, wow, this, this child's 12 years old. I mean, this is, this is a goal sheet that, 
some men could not put together. And that's what's impressive. That's, again, to answer your question, why? And the vision, the vision here is broad. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to be part of this program and, and even to sit here with all you people. This is great and have yeah. this conversation. Yeah, I want to tell you why that's so important now as well. You know, you look at youth sports around the country. So many people want their kids to be the greatest now. I want them to be the top ranked second grader in the country. Like, what does that mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so to have people here that really care and like work on the mental aspect, work on that thing, that's that's very huge because a lot of parents lose sight of the fact of it's you're developing a person at the end of the day. You don't want to put a person's identity through a sport. And I think from you, from somebody who played, like, how beneficial would that have been for you had you had a leadership, you know, um program attached to it? I'm sure you had strong leaders, but just the benefit of that, having that, where you're not just attached to a particular sport. So if that don't work out, you know, just having other skills in life, how beneficial would that have been to you, you know, growing up? Um, it would have helped me tremendously. Um, we just got a meeting and, and Colin had mentioned that and went our, our past meeting this weekend. Um, just like, I would have been a step ahead, a few steps ahead. I wouldn't have to go through those uh, bumps and bruises that I'm even going through now. You know, I'm 45 now and I'm steady making adjustments to my life and working on getting back on the right track, you know. Um, again, this just would have been a tremendous help for someone just to take that time out and say, I can call. And again, that's why SBEV is here, you know. I have my cell phone. I tell my player they can call me whenever, two, three o'clock in the morning, and I'm, I'm with it, you know, because I know you have personal things. And like I said, I would never put your athleticism before the person. You know, I care more about the person than anything. I tell mm -hmm. them the basketball stuff is just a... That's just icing on the cake. We can learn the skill work anytime. I care about you as a person. I want to see you come back with your families and tell me about those moments. You know, and like um, Deputy Smith, I said, um, that inspiration needs something positive. You know, my only opportunity, again, the way I made the Michigan State, um, rest in peace, Raymond Jones, our AAU coach. Right. And so he loaded us up. He used to be 12, 13, 14 kids right. going down to these lands. So really, right. we went to a football game down in Michigan State. I seen it. You know, once I got back, we got back home in Flint. I was on Northern track. I'm talking about immediately. Yeah. I seen it. I'm there. I'm yeah. saying I belong there. You know what I'm saying? I had some I had inspiration. I had motivation to give. Like I said, I seen it. Yeah. A lot of these youth don't use, don't need their, their block. So yeah. they really don't know what success look like. You know, so you need to sometimes um, need a, a role model or someone ahead of you to show you those steps before you take that. And it's crazy because I, I remember Linnell speaking on just dreaming and inspiration for years, like her writing books and being in the Flint Journal, having her you know, her, her, her little uh, article, you know, that she would write in there all the time. Not a little article, I ain't meant to say it like that. But her articles that she would have and inspiring and now that you're back as well, you know, just talk about that dream aspect of, you know, just motivating and inspiring and how you've been able to stay so motivated and inspired all these years. You know, when you saw the vision of the Dream Center and everything so long ago, how have you been able to keep that mindset? You know, even as Flint has went through everything it's went through. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I've been talking about the dream since I was a kid, you know. And all of my, uh, pro, you know, people gifts and prizes that they give me has something to do with the dream. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and I always go back to when I was, I was eight years old. That's the golden age. That's the golden age. If everybody could go back to when they were eight years old, that, 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 that something on the inside, when I grow up, I want to be. And that was always the question that, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? And, but I, nobody didn't have to ask me that. Mm -hmm. I already knew. I saw myself when I was in the third grade, I was heavily bullied. 
And so instead of me going home working on my math or, you know, instead of me going home trying to do homework, I would go in the basement and try to figure out how I can duck and dodge these kids that's going to be pulling my hair, calling me names, you know. So I don't know math to this day because in my math class is where I was heavily bullied. Mm -hmm. So, but there was a time that I can remember when I was gazing out the window and I saw myself. They didn't have a girls sports program, but I was in that class gazing out the window, imagining myself traveling around the world playing professional basketball. I was eight years old. Defining moment. And let me tell you something. From that time on, I went and tried out for the boys basketball team and girl, uh, um, you know, in elementary school. First female to play on the boys basketball team in elementary. Went to middle school, tried out for the boys bas basketball team. First female to play on the boys basketball team. And then when I got to high school, that's when I began to, you know, uh, really, really uh, set my sights and my goals high. Um, they didn't have Title IX, so I had to pay my first way through college, second, second, second year, partial scholarship, uh, third and fourth year, I went to Kentucky State full ride. But to answer your question is this, I always knew that there was something about my life, mm -hmm. which I thought, now I know that it was the dream that I wanted to share with other young people. Just the other day, a man asked me, he said, He's, now, he hadn't, you know, he was in middle school, and I went across the street to talk to some people about partnering mm -hmm. with us, and he stood there for a long time, and he came to me after he said, I remember that voice. Now, he hadn't, you know, this was in middle school when he remembered, when I talked to him about dreaming, and he said, you talked to us, you had an assembly, mm -hmm. and I was in the 10th grade when I had an assembly for the middle school kids, and I talked to them about their dream. Let me tell you something. The most important thing in life is that you have a dream. Mm -hmm. And that dream is not just something for you. A dream is something that God has given you before the foundation of the world, before you ever set foot on this earth. There is something that you have down on the inside of you, a passion, a drive, a talent, a gift that you are assigned to. So when you come on this earth, you will be able to not just become to be successful in, in your talents and your gifts, but you'll be able to pass it down to generations and generations and generations to come. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why I dream like I dream. Mm -hmm. It's not something that I learned in college. This is something that was placed down on the inside of me mm -hmm. before the foundation of the world. Wow, that's powerful, y'all. You gotta give her a hand for that one. <laughs> <laughs> got it. So Gus, when you, I gotta go back to Gus. When you hear that, what this means to the city, I'm sure you go around from city to city, you have, you know, different different events going on. But when you see the impact that it's having on here, like, how does that make you feel hearing all these stories and well, testimonies? Well, when I hear her talk, I get, like, really wound up. I remember her being quiet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now she's like, giving motivational speeches. Um, well, obviously means a lot to me as a kid. I wasn't at, like I was joking about it earlier, but vertically challenged at my height. And I was going to be a... a basketball coach and a teacher, which I did, and this macro thing got out of control. So <laughs> wow. it just kind of happened. Wow. So chasing my dream has been yeah. running around the country trying to show what happened in my driveway, that something when this event happens, like when I go to Quincy, Illinois this weekend, there's something about our tournament that becomes magical to people, yeah, that builds does. memories, 
that when they get done, win or lose, they go, I can't wait to go to the next one right, or come right. back the next yeah. year. Um, you have so we're not 20, always right? as thirty. It's <laughs> positive as Dion and Linnell about their winning, you know, yeah. but they were really into the macarant and yeah. I can't explain what it is. So I knew I had my calling. Um Again, I could have stayed with coaching basketball. I probably would have been able to retire a lot earlier. But yeah. I think this is much more fulfilling, especially for a town like Flint that probably needs these kind of events. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And our event has been that kind of event for all kinds of communities, all kinds of groups. So, um, again, honored that I'm in this group. I don't know that I belong, but I, you know, I mean, in probably the most fired up one other than Kevin. Sorry, I'm going to get that. In every now and then. <laughs> What's but that? No, Michigan been, State? Y'all went to the same school, Michigan State? We went to Central Michigan. Oh, Central. Yeah. I went to, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you went to Central? See, I'm a girl. Where's our rival school? The Harvard of the Midwest. You went to Central Michigan? The Harvard of the Midwest. Oh, your doctor's degree? Yeah. I'm with you. Well, Masters. So, anyway, Eric, I'm just, again, very proud to be part of this. And uh, I, I know that we can make a difference. And I think that's the big thing for Gus Macker is it's more than the basketball oh, tournament yeah. and winning yeah. a trophy. Yeah. It's the experience. And these kids are going to have a lot of opportunities in an event like ours to see success or actually to learn because they're yeah. going to put their own team together sometimes. Yeah, right. You know, right. it'll be fun. Right. Be a little different than playing in a gym. So, yeah, yeah it is. Just like, your name is so synonymous with just like like you say three on three basketball. At what point did you realize like man this is huge and like like is it a point where it just became like wow this is like something way more than I envisioned was this a particular moment or situation that happened or honestly not uh, in 1985 Sports Illustrated put out a huge article on our event that kind of made this more of a national thing, which made me decide in 87 to leave teaching and do this full time. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably the moment, if there was one moment. But I don't spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, what the accolades are as much as, okay, now I got to go put up hoops in Quincy. <laughs> I got to go find some volunteers. And, and then, you know, afterwards, you know, you have a brief moment. So it's like riding a roller coaster. You pump up to get to the, then right. you're like burned out and you can't wait till the next one. <laughs> and that's kind of my whole summer usually, other than pandemic, just shut us down. And so survival for us during a year where no money came in at all mm-hmm. and keeping the business going has been my challenge. I know when the event goes, like in downtown Flint, it's going to be successful. Oh, successful. Yeah. People are going to love it. Yeah. It'll be something that'll be here for years to come. So I'm very proud of that. But anyway, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. I, I again, honored to be here. Oh, let me ask you this. Who was the, in your opinion, was it, who was the greatest player maybe on the NBA stage or something that maybe came to you? Like, man, I played in Gus Macker or... Was it a greatest team that you can think of? Just over, I'm just asking from a cultural perspective of Gus Macker. Like, is it one you can pinpoint? Yeah, there's been a lot of them that have come up to me. Obviously, Lonell on the female side and Lori Bird, mm-hmm. that she was the mentor to, right. was really into Macker. I mean, right. there for a while, we called her the queen of Macker because she played so long. <laughs> um but, you know, I've run into different people. Steve Smith from MSU played all the time, and he helped run an event in East Lansing back in the day. And so guys like that coming up to you. Uh, we also hear stuff on the television every time. You know, you'll see a Chris Wepper making a TV analogy of a game, and he'll then throwing Gus Macker, mm-hmm. Draymond Green, bringing it up, uh, and not something about Draymond. the toilet bowl joking Draymond. around when oh, he yeah. was with uh, Ernie. <laughs> Ernie Johnson on TNT, stuff like that. So 
But not anything where I have one person, you know, it's just been, uh, I actually have more fun with the kids. We have an event at our, that you guys have not seen, which is probably 10 plus years ago, we decided to put a court at the tournament that we call the dream court. Yeah, we want the dream court. And, oh, and you'll dream. have it. Yeah, we gotta have what the dream court. We bring kids games, so they're <laughs> kind of court A and they're eight and under. It could be it's your son court. as an example. Mm -hmm. And we bring them over to a full sport court with a stage, stanchions around it, oh, bleachers great. and everything. And then we do play-by-play -play and color commentary oh, nice. of their game. Yes, and nice. then we give them a gift afterwards and then we bring up an MVP. And the reason I'm coming full circle on this is I was in Ludington three years ago with Patty and we were announcing a game and there was a Cleves kid. It was Mateen's son. Oh, wow. And he ended up the MVP. I brought wow. him up. I'm interviewing him. And all of a sudden, I see Mateen over there. We go get our photo. We're like, oh, Because you know me. It's like, <laughs> So anyway, but actually, so my full circle here is those kids probably are more what the game's about. Not to take away from Antonio or any yeah. of the great players. Yeah. It's more the kids playing yeah. in it and enjoying it and having their one moment that maybe leads them to go. And I'm usually throwing a nickname. I can't remember what I gave Cleve says his nickname, yeah. but we normally throw a nickname on him and do the play-by-play oh, -play yes. with a nickname, yeah. and they just love that thing. Yeah. So anyway, that's called Dream Court. It'll be here at this event. Yeah, we got to have the Dream <laughs> Court. Yeah, so so I have to, oh, yeah. I have to have save up my voice because I get to Quincy and I'll do like 20 or 30 of those games. <laughs> and, <laughs> and when you got a game in front of you, and you guys know this, is when you watch it on television, the guy will go bucket by so, and so we do it like a radio game, even though the kids are in front of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Smurf down to big country down to the Oh my gosh, she made it back. You know, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> so by the end of the weekend, I'll be like, oh, <laughs> I don't want to talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm actually losing my voice getting excited now. So, <laughs> well, no, so anyway, that's what I do all weekend. That's my release now from. Sorry. You know, I would play when Linnell was playing in the event. Yeah. We would be setting up and we got done. We would play with her and Lori. Yeah. Yeah. And they would school us. And I was just telling you guys in the gym, she had this hook move <laughs> that she was fast anyway. But this hook move was something we didn't know what was going on. And they were blowing by us all the time. And we didn't know. Anyway, she taught us that hook move. And I, I don't think I got it down. But, yeah. but yeah, so that was more of our fun back then. Today, like I said, is more is trying to make the event something that people remember and have a great time with and dream court is it for me and, and Linnell we're doing this for a cause as well I, let's touch on that Where, what's the cause of doing this they're not only just doing it but where is how, how will this benefit the community yeah so here at Sylvester Broom Empowerment Village you know we um all roles are going to be leading through Sylvester Broom Empowerment Village whether it's sports arts you know music whatever it is because of the the dream because of my dream, because of Miss Miriam's dream, because of the dream that everybody comes here. We call it the building of dreams. So everybody that comes, set foot in this building, they, wow, I want to do this and I want to do that. Oh yeah, I feel good about this. Oh yeah, we can do this. So now what we're doing now is just, you know, everything that we do is either for programming or for building the sports complex. And so all the funds and all the funds that we raise is specifically for that. So that our children have an opportunity to dream. Mm -hmm. but not just dream. So when they participate, if they can't get a ride, we want to be able to pick them up. If they can't pay for that game, we want to be able to make sure that they, they're able to participate. So it's, all the funds go towards programming and the sports complex. And I want to leave on a positive note. You know, everybody's had an opportunity to talk about basketball. I think it's just important, um, just in the, 
in society how it is now to leave on something positive. So I want to give everybody the opportunity to just close with something positive. Maybe it's to the Flint community, something to the kids, but just it's rare that we have this many powerful people in a room and we're able to hold a conversation like this. So I want to kind of give everybody the opportunity to tell something to the community that can just help a kid or, I mean, we, we talked about getting them to participate, but I think it's just good to put that mental, that mindset, that, that positive mindset. So I want to give everybody in the room opportunity to say something as we close off. All right. Um, first of all, you know, always stay focused on God, you know, and just and just give your best effort from there, you know, and not just for yourself, not in a selfish note. Um, when you get that best effort, make sure that, like I said, it can affect others as well and help someone else out. Um, my mother always told me, say, when you come to someone's house or whatever, try to leave it a little bit better than when you got there. So always look at the positivity and everything. Um, no matter how hard my days are, I always want to stay focused on positive, positive things, whatever. I'm not allowing myself to have a bad day and get me off track because we didn't seen too many dark days. So at the end, we're going to leave on a positive note every morning. We have to give up, thanks God, and just move from there. My message is September 18, 19. We're coming to Flint. So, uh, get your team around, kids. Get your team around. Work with your your neighborhood, whoever you're going to find your teammates, and get around and come out and play and enjoy what Macker has to offer in the half court game of basketball, three on three. And you sign up with four people. So get your team around. That's the way yeah. I would leave it. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is huge, huge for our community. Um, the mission that, you know, that I've been on personally and that, you know, I try to communicate is to build where we are. I think SBEV is a true testament to that. I think the Gus Macker, you know, three on three basketball tournament is a testament of that something that started in a driveway and has grown to, you know, impact the world um, through, you know, the simple game of the round ball. Um, so I think we always, you know, like Eric said, even, you know, we always want to be the very best right now, but you can be the very best in your household, in your neighborhood, in your city, and, and it grows out from there. So let's continue to build for our city um, and, and continue to take pride in that. And I think everything else will take care of itself. Uh, for me, uh, it's three words, drive, dedication, and discipline. I want everybody to kind of apply that to all aspects of their life. Whatever it is that drives you, stay dedicated to it. And while you're dedicated to it, I want you to have the discipline to follow it, to follow through with it. Um, that'll be my message to, to, like I said, especially to my young kids uh, here at SBF and uh, and worldwide. Always have something that drives you. And once you find, once you find that it drives you, have be dedicated to it because you don't know what you don't know what it may it may open up for you. And then had the discipline because you don't know if you if you stop doing what you do, you may be taking something away from your family. Think about that. Your mom, your dad, your brothers, your sisters. So that's my message to everybody. Just the three D's drive, dedication and discipline. We have three words as well. Our seven on seven football team. We wanted to have a slogan. And we threw a few different slogans around, and we settled on "Be the Change." Those are our three words, Deputy. Be the change. Yes, sir. Uh, yes. More importantly, be the change that you want to see. It's kind of like talking about leadership. It's not enough to just say it; you've got to teach it. Uh, Jamie Foster, athletic director mm -hmm. of the uh, Flint Schools, was kind enough to extend usage of his fields to us for football and baseball. We use utilize the football 
field this spring for our seven on seven practice. And, uh, you know, we saw an opportunity for community service for these young football players. And mm-hmm. so as part of being the change, we took them out with our rubber gloves and our big old garbage bags. We walked around that facility. We picked up trash for an hour and a half before our, our practice one Saturday morning. And so we can use a lot of words. We can say a lot of things, but it's really the action that is the lesson in life that we need to continue to pursue and continue to make sure it happens for these young people. Otherwise, it's nothing more than three words. Mm-hmm. Um, the other Absolutely. thing I would like to say is that life is filled daily with personal choices. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, and I've always talked to the athletes, you know, my student athletes about this. I said, you're, you're in school, you're a student. Life is really quite easy, right? Now, quite simple. The decision is to get out of bed, to go to school, to be respectful to my teachers, my administrators, do my work, love my parents, be respectful, go to bed and start over and do it again. It's a personal choice Mm -hmm. to be positive. Antonio, you talked about being positive. It's a choice. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to live a positive life. I'm going to be a happy person. I don't care what's thrown at me. I will overcome. I will override. I will knock it out of the way. And I will... Whether I'm soaring like an eagle or I'm trudging through the mud, man, I'm taking it on. I'm making it happen. And it's a personal choice to be happy and be good because the ripple effect of everything that we do and say, and I always taught my boys this, is that what you say, what you do will affect somebody's life. So make sure the ripples that come off of you, your words, your actions are going to affect lives in a very positive way and your message is received in a very personal and productive way. So just make good choices and always be the change that you want to see, that you want to be, uh, to have that positive influence on other lives. And that's a great first step in leadership right there. That's amazing. And I hope anybody that's listening to this will stop saying it's nothing to do in Flint. We got to go out of town. You know, I I hope this really changed that narrative. And and I'm going to start checking people. If they said around me, it's nothing to do here because it's a lot of people that do still care. It's a lot of people that do want to give back. It's what you seek out. If you seek out the BS, if you seek out all that, you're going to get that in return. So I think, you know, if people align themselves with what's going on here for their children and investing in their children, investing in the community, I think that is the way to change. Like a water crisis won't define us. We have to be that change. Like I can't, I'm tired of going out of town then. You know, that's all, that's all. I had, I was in Portland. It's a story. Um, I was covering the Utah Jazz and Portland Trailblazers game. We was, I was staying downtown and I gave her, gave the receptionist my ID, you know, and I still keep Flint on there. That's my permanent address. And she was like, oh, you really from Flint? You know, I feel sorry for you. I said, why do you feel sorry for me? You don't have to feel sorry for me. Like, that's not, that don't define me just because I'm from this area. It's more than just that. And uh, I just hope, you know, people listening to this will understand that and feel that and just get more involved. You know, let's, let's, let's continue to change that narrative. And I know the Gus Macker is a small thing to the big problem that's going on here, but it's a big thing. It really is. So um, I hope people will come support and sign up and uh, let's just get involved. You know, Flint, we, we're on a comeback. We, we've, we're fighters. We're Flintstones to the core. And, uh, you know, I, I think we can just sign off there. I think uh, it's, it's been amazing being in here with everybody in this room. And um, I just, it, it just feels special. It feels right. Small steps. Thanks, sir. Small steps, great distances. Last thing I want to say, Ms. Mary, did you have anything you want to say? <laughs> so, <laughs> so on behalf of uh, Sylvester Broom Empowerment Village 4119 North Saginaw Street, the building of dreams, Marion Razoo, Executive Director, Linnell McKinney, Program Director, if everyone had an opportunity to live out their dream, what a wonderful world this place would be. Thank you all. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you. That was awesome. Go get some shots up. Come on, let's go. Let's go. <laughs>